Welcome to Hype Louisville, where we bring you the most exciting things happening in our city and talk to the people making it happen. Now, here are your hosts, Andrew Beckman and Nathan Shanks. Let's get hyped. Hype Louisville, what is up? Welcome back. It is episode seven, as Boyd would say, lucky number seven. Uh, (laughs) Today we have a great guest. We're very excited to have him. Awesome businessman in Louisville, does great things for the community. Very excited to have him. Uh, Andrew Boyd, welcome to the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Hyped to be here. I love it. Hyped. Let's go. Andrew Beckman here, uh, once again, back with Hype Louisville. Yeah, so let's just jump right into it, man. So, Andrew Boyd, why don't you tell us just a real quick intro on who you are and and, uh, what you're about. Sure thing. So, again, as I mentioned, uh, Andrew Boyd. I work with Boyd Company. It's actually uh, our family business. We're a Caterpillar distributorship for Kentucky, based out of here in Louisville. And uh, we also cover southern Indiana, West Virginia, and southeast Ohio. Well, about myself, uh, married, my wife's name, Mariana. I got a five-year-old little boy named Rex. Uh, kind of cool fact about that name. That's actually my uh, grandfather's name. So we named him after oh, uh, cool. my grandpa Rex, who that's was awesome. uh, my father's dad. So, And then his middle name, Lewis, uh, that's actually named after Mariana's grandfather. And he was a World War II uh, fighter pilot. So. Yeah. Oh, so very B-17 cool. bomber. Wow. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. So Rex Lewis uh, in Louisville. So some good, strong name there for uh, for the little guy. I love it. I King love it. Louis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Well, uh, you know, we, we like to start out every episode with just uh, what you're hyped about. So what, what are you, and then Nathan and I'll share as well. But what are you hyped about this week? I'll say this week I'm hyped that Rex actually just graduated to the next level in his swim lessons on, okay. uh, on Tuesday this week. All right. So... Just fun to see him progress and get more confidence in uh, in his abilities as a little guy. And what is, also, also he not just the swimming this week, but he did hit his first mountain bike trails on his bike. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, right. I'm probably even more stoked that. about that. Yeah, but some two big accomplishments for Rex this week. Mark today and the, or whenever he did that bike trail, and then when he's beating you on that bike trail will <laughs> oh probably God, feel like yeah, no. it'll be sooner than i expect i'm sure yeah, it will down, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm getting ahead of yourself there yeah, <laughs> that's sorry. competition for sorry. all of us yeah. the next gen so uh, what's what is graduating to the next class into swimming look like as a five-year-old what is, so the one he just did he went from beginner and now he's going to be in an intermediate so he went okay from just the basics and now he's at a level to where you know he can he can handle himself in the water a little bit, but uh, the next level uh, that he's in now is is really to help him be an independent swimmer. And okay. Hopefully, he'll want to maybe do swim team. I was a swimmer myself, uh, along with uh, my two sisters. They're both swimmers, but you know you got you got to be able to have those life safety skills, and knowing how to swim is is definitely one of them. Does he like tread water a certain amount of time, or like? Wh- I haven't timed him on uh, how long he can like, trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so the whole thing—it's actually aqua tots. It's, uh, you know, uh, yeah. It's a little different from when I learned how to swim. Now they have these strip mall pools that you go uh, to. Yeah. And, you know, there's no floaties, no nothing. Uh, you know, classes of three to four kids. It's right there on Blake and Baker Parkway in Middletown. Yep, I know. Uh, exactly. We've been been real impressed with it. He's, you know, it's, it's very. Um, 
progress oriented. They have their, you know, they get their card at the beginning of each class. They have uh, written out there's, you know, the three different skills for that level you're on. And then you have to master the skills before you go to the next level. Right. So very, very progression based. And so he can, he can jump in the pool. Mm-hmm. He can swim to the side. He can dive down and get a ring. So he, he's kind of right on that verge of, you know, he can, he can swim freestyle backstroke, still working on, you know, the finer, finer techniques of the strokes. Yeah. But, you know, he's, he's definitely comfortable in the water and, cool. and progressing towards, you know, really, really being able to get to that point where that's awesome. Swimming up and down the pool and having yeah. fun with the, the kiddos in the pool in the summer. Good deal. We're going to come back to your upbringing too and background and like yeah, as swimming. an athlete. Yeah. And I'm, uh, well, and I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, I'm interested to hear about swimming amongst running and other things kind of built you into the person you are today. But, Strokes aside, <laughs> Nathan, what are you hyped about this week? <laughs> Cheesy dad pun. Yeah, Here we no are kidding. talking about there our kids, yeah. you know, yeah. it came out natural. This week, I hooked back up with a close friend of mine that uh, we kind of, we hadn't talked much since the pandemic started, but uh, Jordan Clemens, good friend, that uh, he runs the membership over at GLI. Oh, wow. And uh, it's just one of those things that... Um, I've been wanting to get back into since we're trying to like start get businesses back open and networking and things. And, uh, I got my company joined up back with GLI and, um, trying to network more in that, in that space with like larger, uh, corporations here in Louisville. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm hyped to get that back I'm rolling for you, man. That sounds yeah. great. So, yeah. Well, cool. What about you? Well, yes, so I've thankfully have had time to think about it, <laughs> as you two have gone. Um, but you know what I'm hyped about is I recently read this this short little book, and part of my I, – I haven't read a lot since law school unless it's I'm interested. But lately I've been really trying to make an effort, and I, 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 um, I came across someone who recommended this set of books to me. And I started, of course, the, the thinnest book. It was only forty pages. <laughs> I was like, I was like, so that, those other books seem a little, uh, you know. I'm gonna ease. Yeah. I'm gonna tip my toes into this. You could read this one in at least like a month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forty pages. Two years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, actually, you know, I just I, I I had it in my briefcase for I don't know a few days, and then went to lunch, and I read it in at lunch, and yeah. it's called A Message to Garcia. And it's, it's literally, you read it in 20, 30 minutes, and it's, um, it's a great little book. And it's something that I think is lost in our generation. And I'm not going to divulge the secrets, but I sent it, and you might get a copy of it when you go home today, or do you already get a copy? I got to read the first book that we're still going through <laughs> yeah, first, right? <laughs> but, you know, recently, the past year, I've realized that there's so you know, I'm. It's so easy to get on Netflix or you know scroll on Instagram so for. It's so easy, man. And I'm, I'm the biggest participant in that. But um, late lately reading has uh, and this book, this message to Garcia, I recommend yeah. to everyone. It's um, it's a great little book if you have if you're the type of person that has an idea and you get caught up in details. That sometimes you you know you just need to find a way to get it done and leave yeah. it at that. Yeah. And um. And uh, it was a, it was, it was good. It was inspiring. I sent it out to uh, thirteen people on my bike team. Yeah. And uh, because there's a, there's a way to to 
to make it make sense for a bike racer. I mean, obviously, there's multiple <laughs> implications. You can read it however you want. Mm -hmm. That is what fiction is. <laughs> but uh, it was, uh, I'm excited to, I, you know, I love it. You know, every now and then you send that type of stuff out, and Boyd might talk on this too, is that you may only engage one or two people. But if you engage one or two people, and those people tend to get inspired, and uh -huh. you never know where that's going to go. They may right. start a company that cures cancer. You know, I'd like to think that I had that type of impact. That would be, <laughs> but yeah. really, they're probably just gonna toss it into the trash can and, <laughs> no, they and won't. get on the bike. You know, but you know, that's what I'm hyped about. Yeah, possibly. Well, as you know, I'm a big reader, mm -hmm. so and I, and I still have that book you gave me. Go, yeah, yeah, I know. No, I've no. got like three I'm other people in line wanting to borrow that. Really? By the way. So okay, yeah, you right. better read it. Uh, let me get to it. I'm getting to it. Yeah, but no, the I mean, I think it's important to read, and honestly. If you can get one or two takeaways from a book, yeah, yeah, like you, don't, you don't have to retain all of it. the entire. Sometimes I'll be <laughs> and and this is like like a self help like business type book or mindset book that I'm talking about. I'll sometimes be this might be right or wrong, but I'll be three quarters of the way through it, and I've gotten a couple takeaways, and I like I see some kind of redundance going on, and I'll just yeah. stop. Like I, I've gotten what I want from it, and I'll just quit. Yeah. Yeah, and that yeah. might be wrong. I don't know, but like I, Shame. I still, Shame. I still have gotten value from it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So same with like work <clears throat> conferences. When I was a prosecutor, man, we go on these conferences. What am I learning? But every now and then, like I'll learn one thing, and that one thing will come up in a trial six months later, and you're like, well, yeah, yeah, time to crush. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or squeeze, or get crushed, or recognize what's happening yeah you know, like oh this is, this you, is what they were talking you, about you know this your beat exactly earlier happening. than you would have known before. oh yeah yeah openings yeah. <laughs> anyway well yeah. um yeah so we're all cool. hyped yeah let's uh jump I, in i would i would like to note that i did not make the top 13 of andrew's friends and got that book <laughs> <laughs> top 13 on the bike. I, I believe you, you said it was cycling i think i believe yeah. it was said cycling yeah. friends hey, seriously, just wanted that on the record yeah fair enough fair enough <laughs> i'm gonna go to boyd's house and get his off his porch <laughs> yeah he's not reading <laughs> i'm not telling you my address <laughs> yeah. oh right. man well you know we, yeah well, let's just jump right into it i'm really interested andrew boyd Man, this. Well, I'm just gonna. Prefer. We're gonna go Boyd and Beckman <laughs> for this. Boyd and Beckman, yeah, let's yeah. do that. Fair um, enough. You know, could you give us and just tell us kind of the story of who you are and where you started and what you think? And I'm always particularly interested because anecdotally, in how sports and athletics taught you how to be a results-oriented individual, which led you to be quite successful and and where you are today. Um, I really find that narrative interesting i know you personally so i'm you know I'm, I'm biased but yeah if you could share with our with our audience <laughs> about 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 yourself you beckman know. has this uh skill to ask about someone's life story and making it a 10 minute long question <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's kind of that's kind of a loaded that's a loaded question there yeah, exactly. it could be a, a pretty yeah. long response so I'll, I'll try to i'll try to keep it uh within within reason first and foremost you know this is hype louisville Born and raised here in Louisville. Uh, yeah, plan right. on being in Louisville till uh, till I go on down to the grave. But I think really take back, you know, background. You know, what's that kind of base foundation? And you know, I got to give credit where it's due, and that's to my parents, uh, Monty and Gail. They raised me and my two sisters, Amy and Abby. You know, right from the beginning. You know, set that example of what it means to work hard, what it means to uh, to treat people right. You know, be able to know what's right and what's wrong, and and then you gotta you gotta work hard to uh, 
to be successful and you got to treat people fairly. And, you know, also they, uh, you know, raised us in, uh, at Middletown United Methodist. So faith is a strong part of my upbringing and, and also how I, uh, approach my outlook in life with a lot of things. So you know, really it goes I, to, uh, I knew we went to high school together, but I did not know we went to preschool together. Yeah. Middletown. Uh, that's right. With uh, the that, little, little I, red bags. I, yeah. I'm learning that right now. <laughs> yeah. So good, good old, good old days back at Middletown yeah. uh, preschool. Yeah. My daughter's there right now. Hey. Oh, no yeah, I I almost took out Rex didn't go there. He goes to a different preschool, but you yeah, know, that would have been uh yeah. close the circle there. I go there and then son goes there. Yeah. Well, Sorry cool. to interrupt, but yeah, that's that's cool. So for you know, great foundation from my family, and you know, that really uh kind of leads us where so growing up in Middletown, uh, we actually grew up in Lake Forest and there's a swim team there at Lake Forest. And so I, biggest thing I attribute to, you know, talking about sports and you know, learning a lot of those principles. Is starting on the swim team as a little six and under and all three of the the kids went up going on swim team and i'll admit i was not a good swimmer uh, when i first started probably didn't become a good swimmer until i was about 12 or 13 but he, every every summer mom and dad would sign us up for swim team and you just you just learn that you learn uh, how to show up for practice how to participate and, and how to work but I think that's the, I don't know how my dad did it. It was kind of like a trick he did, but we always <laughs> knew what was expected of us. He never had to tell us to get good grades. He never had to tell us, you know, to, to work hard at swimming or whatever sports we did. We just always knew. Uh, so he just, just had this way of, that's how he lived his life. And we saw that example and you yeah. know, we, we knew yeah. we wanted to be successful. And fortunately, we never really had a lot of those conversations that, that addressed if we weren't going in the right direction. Right. So we just kind of, we kind of knew, uh, you know, what do you what do you expect of what mom and dad expected and they were always there to help and support us so kudos to monty for uh yeah, somehow no pull, pulling what that a, pulling that over on what us a skill but, to uh, have. that's great it, it yeah. worked out worked yeah. out all pretty good i'd say for for all three of us yeah but yeah that you know just flash forward they're going to eastern high school all three of us actually you know so you're going to see some parallels from for me and my two sisters you know, swimmers, Eastern High School. We all three of us went to UK, so you can say we didn't really uh, get outside of what the <laughs> yeah. uh, the Boyd uh, line was, following each other uh, along each each That's each good. part of the way. Yeah, yeah. In unity good institution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But taking on to sports so again, meant, you know, still was swimming. Um, actually, swam as an eighth grader for Eastern High School, and then when I got to Eastern, started running cross country and track, and that's where I really kind of found a new passion in life was running. And I, when I look at, you know, what I learned from being a runner, definitely want to give some shout outs to uh, Coach Latender and Coach Haran, you know, two, two great influencers in my life that, you know, just, just taught me how to, taught me how to be disciplined, how to work hard, and also how to be a leader. And that's probably the biggest transition being on cross country and track was learning how to be a leader and even a leader as, you know, a sophomore and junior to, uh, to all our team members. Yeah. But as a junior, we didn't have any seniors, so there was no senior leadership. So that was kind of a unique scenario where really got to step up as team captain as a junior on the cross country team, and you know take that team, be the leader, and, and really set that for the next year when we were you know the true mm-hmm. true seniors and, and being leaders of the team. But you know as I look back, I think it's probably one story that stands out, and is you're always looking at those those times where you kind of screw up and do. You, do you actually take the life lesson and learn from it or, you know, you just throw it by wayside. Mm-hmm. But we were, it was a just easy five mile run and we were running through Douglas Hills, going around the loop around Crosby middle school. 
Me and a couple of the teammates thought it'd be a good idea or thought it was a good idea to stop off at one of our friend's house and play basketball while everyone else did the loop. And then we just uh, jump back in and get back to Eastern. One, one of them being uh, you know, Andrew Smith, and he was a basketball player. Shocker. Nathan yeah, might know yeah. him. Shocker. <laughs> so we, we go and I'm not even a good basketball player. So I don't even know why I was wanting to go <laughs> play basketball during our run. So we do that. We get back to the track and Coach Latender, he was, he knew, he, he, he wouldn't let anything fly past him. Yeah. Well, he knew exactly what happened. Talk about we, somebody doesn't take shit. Well, Tinder <laughs> yeah. will call you out. So he knew we we got back like the last ones. He's like, "There's no way that the fastest guys on the team are coming in behind yeah. all the other yeah. all the other runners." So of course, you know, we we had to fess up what happened. What happened? We got we had to go run with the sprint. We had to work out with the sprinters for the next two weeks. Oh, do all we had to do their workouts, and then when the long distance runners were doing their workout days we had to do their workouts so it was every day we were doing some you know no no breaks right and then he also assigned us well, many book reports on famous runners and so he just oh. gave us gave us all <laughs> like two two or three different runners and we had a we had to read read up on them and then do a little little report on it but you know to this day though i i remember that story and what the story was hey don't screw around if you're going to do something stick to it and mm-hmm. and stay on course I'd definitely say that's that's definitely helped. Not not that yeah. I got wayward too often uh, then, but that when I did, I got busted pretty good and had a lot of uh, so. But just the dedication and you know showed, hey, I'm you got to take the consequences and and learn yeah. from that. And I and I know we're gonna get into this later, but just for for those who are listening, like so, you spoke about you know leadership skills and how you you learn to be a leader from lieutenant, you know. Latender? Latender. Latender. Latender, yeah. yeah. Latender. It's a great example. Yeah. I love that. Uh, and I also happened to, I've, I've, I've lived with Andrew Smithson in college, so I know, I'm like, of course he was involved. Right. I'm and actually then, surprised he didn't quit when he had to do a book report. <laughs> well, it's going to be really funny if I had my facts Wait, wrong and if he yeah. wasn't on that ride, ride, but I'm pretty sure he was. There's zero chance he was not yeah. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He probably was the one dragging you to the driveway. Saying, <laughs> yeah, playing. yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but just so they, they and we'll get into this a lot more. But so leadership now. So so right now, how many um, how many employees do you oversee? So currently, right now, I have close to four hundred employees that I oversee that are in my area. And that includes that's sales, that's managers of the branches, but also, I mean, everybody from the store down, right? Sales. Yeah, right? all the way. Uh, anyone who's working at the branches and our what we call our parts and service operations, uh, yeah, that all rolls up to uh, to my level of responsibility. Right. So, how do you think? Um, and well, let's we'll, we'll come back to that because my but my question, so you can let it percolate, is you know how do you think these leadership skills translated in what you're doing now? Like, and I know we're gonna get into it, but I can't wait. I'm jumping ahead of myself. <laughs> no, this is about classic what you did with rental with the rental business and like how you really integrated those systems and that technology um, to your customer base, but. Um, well, well, while, while it percolates, I'll just say, I mean, I think two of the biggest things is being relatable and working alongside and, and not being willing to ask someone to do something that you want to do yourself. And I, I think if you can do those things, you're, you're going to go go far with leadership because one, people are going to approach you if there's issues or challenges and they know that they can have a candid conversation with you. And if there's issues that need to be addressed that you talk, talk about it candidly and take note of it and, and take action. Um, but also, you know, doing something that you expect someone else to do or that you wouldn't do yourself, that just goes to work ethic. Mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to do it yourself, you know, 
employees, your, your employees, people you work with are smart. Yeah. They, they can pick yeah. up if you're interested or not. They can pick up on your, your different yeah. non-social cues and sorry, non-verbal cues. So it's a, I think we do that. It makes everything a lot easier because you're fostering a positive team environment where they know uh, everyone's committed. We're going to work hard or working towards the same goal. And, you know, there, there's no, uh, someone's better than me just because they have a higher position or they're a manager right. versus, you know, someone pulling parts or working on equipment yeah. or whatever their position may be. It, it's funny you say that because when I was in, when I was at Eastern, I worked at Hurstborn Country Club. And one of the uh, golf pros there, he told me that exact thing. He was like, I will never ask you to do anything that I wouldn't do myself or haven't already done myself. And there was one time where the, so I cleaned off golf carts and golf clubs, you know, down on that ramp. Mm -hmm. And that, that drain clogged one weekend. And he was like, all right, guys, we got to rip the, the drain cover off and we're going to have to get all the dirt and grab. We got to unclog this drain. And uh, we get to doing it. And next thing I know, his sleeves are rolled up and he's got he's elbow deep into this drain, too. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, and he's like, I told you, I'm never going to ask you guys to do something I've never done myself. I've never had to do this. So here I am. I'm helping you out. So that resonated with me a lot. uh, Yeah, that's that's a classic leadership story. Exactly. Yeah. You respect that person so much more when they when they roll up their sleeves and do it with you. Great lessons that we've all learned. Well, I, so I don't want to, you know, totally disrupt you there, Beckman, but speaking of cleaning out, you know, nasty little drains, takes me back to a story actually working at one of my first job working at Wayne Supply at the time is uh, cleaning out this nasty drain in the shop. I swear. So I, I actually worked on the wash rack for a couple summers uh-huh. uh, in between semesters at University of Kentucky. And so I, I cleaned off equipment, take out the trash, uh, sweep the floors. And, but I swear though they would they would not clean out the drain until I came back for the summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait for yeah. yeah, wait 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 for Boyd wait for Boyd to come back. And uh, but they had them, you know take off the drains and just you know power wash it out all kind you know all kinds of gun you can imagine you know dirt Sucks. and grime and everything in, uh, in the middle of a construction uh, equipment shop. But same same thing though. And then there, there you know there's a couple of the other techs that would help out and but they they definitely liked I think watching me uh, clean out the right, uh, the yeah. drain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well and it's it's all about walking walk you know, there's people what, what, what's the saying this walking the walk, talking walk the talk. Walk. I mean we, we we joke but you know Curtis we, we ride bikes and Curtis Tolson is this this old guy that rides bikes with us and uh, he's he I can't wait till it. he hears this and he's gonna <laughs> old guy old guy oh, oh, I mean the guy can ride he probably kicks your ass oh any day he wants did just on, he just did on did, Tuesday he did it on Saturday if he if he wanted to oh do you I was but, hanging yeah, on fair enough fair yeah. enough all right yeah but this I got this your back of, Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need it trust me he's the biggest he's he's big like for a cyclist you think they'd all be uh, my size and like he's just a he's a he's a big dude but he of any event um he walks he, he's a coach too and he's a great coach and i always told him this even when he when i didn't agree with him or we were arguing about something i'd be like at least you ride your bike the same way I ride my bike, like you ride, you ride as hard as as you telling me I need to ride hard. Yeah, and you walk the talk. You don't just sit at your computer and draft out. You need to do ninety minutes, five intervals at five minutes piece. You right, know, he yeah. was out there doing shit too. Mm-hmm. So, any event, um, but I'm, what I'm getting at with these types of people is Monty. You mentioned that early on, as Monty had this ability, like uncanny ability, to like 
you know, set expectations without verbalizing them? Was it because he was always going to work at these times and he'd come home and you, you mentioned to me one time on a ride that he never missed a sporting event. Do you always remember him there? Yeah, he was, he was always there. And, and just, yeah. he just, he works hard no matter what it is, whether it's running Boyd Company, being the father, you know, of our house or doing jobs around the house. He's a pretty handy guy. He likes to do a lot of home repairs, but he'd work hard all day, go to, go to the cross country meet and then you probably come home and he was probably painting something or putting drywall up or doing, yeah. doing some kind of home improvement in the evening. And then he probably woke up early and Nathan said he likes to read books. So I, that's the one thing my dad always does is he's, he's pretty, he, he's always reading something. Yeah. Mostly, yeah. you know, business, you know, related. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, when, when do I have time to do, to do that? And he's doing all these things. So there's that definitely that, that high example of getting a lot done. One, it seemed to work out well for him and for you and yeah. your sisters because, you know, you all follow suit the same institutions, but um, you also follow suit in the business, right? We did. Have you found that same balance as a dad and, you know, being a, in leadership in Boyd Company and, you know, you do have, you know, you are a dad when you get home from work and, you know, is it? have you found that same type of balance as he had? Yeah, that'd be a good question to ask Mariana to see if, if what I'm about ready to say is is the same perception she has. But we do we do talk about that, and I, that's one thing I am I try to be aware of, and I think it is important. One, you only have so many years with your kids, and right. you know if you miss those formidable years, you can't go back and and relive them. Yeah. But that is something that as as uh, whether it's making sure my business, you know, the work schedule is you know, patterned around, you know, key things that, that Rex is doing or Mariana's doing, you know, it is nice. You know, we have some flexibility, but there's also times we get, you know, Hey, there's this meeting and this out of town visit or nothing going to visit branches, nothing you can do. So I'll say Mariana is really supportive of that. Uh, she understands. She actually, uh, she worked at Caterpillar and we'll get into this later, but I met her when I was actually working at Caterpillar in okay. Peoria. So that, that is a, a nice thing. She understands the business and, so that that helps where right. she's like, yeah, I understand you're going to do that, but it's all about balance. But uh, when I'm not traveling or that, then it's hey, spending time with the family and making sure that uh, that I'm around. And, you know, there's not, nothing better than coming home and having Rex run down the it's, steps, uh, come give you a big hug. Uh, it, it doesn't life doesn't get any better than that with uh, your little one just embracing you when you get home or best. at night, putting him to bed or waking him up in the morning. Getting getting those cuddles. Uh, yeah, Beckham so. hadn't quite had the run to him at when he gets home yet. The, the morning smiles. It's oh, it, it doesn't yeah. matter what. Even it though is. I know yeah, he's it, like, oh, so when you see the excitement in their head. eyes when oh, you walk yeah. in, it's like that's oh, what it's yeah. all about, right? You're there. this excited this early yeah. in the morning to yeah. see me. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Nobody else feels this way. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. This is totally off topic, but I picked up my daughter from daycare just this week, and usually they carry her out. Oh yeah, and for whatever reason, like. The girl, they won't let you into the classroom. They have to like bring them out to you. So for whatever reason, the girl's hands were full and they were having Collins like walk out next next to them. And they opened the door and she was like, <gasps> and just takes off running at me. And I was like, get over here. And like, yeah, it, was the, yeah, it was just yeah. the best. Oh, man, yeah. I bet. Yeah. yeah. So. Doesn't, doesn't hurt too that you, both your kids are just so adorable and cute. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I saw Rex uh, again off topic, but pushing Boyd the other day and my son <laughs> thought it was the funniest thing in the world just having and Rex thought it was great because Davis was laughing and yeah. you know, he was just 
you know, but he was um, talking about that the next day. We were on, a, we were going on a bike ride at Cherokee. And he was like, I want to go to Beckman's house. He was like, I want to make Davis laugh again. <laughs> oh, that's I'm like, awesome. I'm like, at my expense, why yeah, you sit here yeah, and just. Yeah. Yeah, run into me and yeah. beat up on me so Davis can laugh. The, yeah, yeah. Hey, he's thinking of serving others already. Exactly. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. I'd say to wrap up that question though, put a little cherry on top. I think I just I think I have a good balance right now. Yeah. I think the real challenge is going to be as as I continue on in my career. There's going to be more and more you know expected and more yep. things to be involved with. So I just uh, I think challenge plan is to you know keep that balance and yeah. you know. Rex and Marianne are going to get more involved with things. Rex is going to be doing more sports and mm-hmm. full-time school. Uh, he'll be in kindergarten in the fall. So it'll be the the next challenge, the next level of, yeah. you know, finding what that new balance is. Challenge yeah. is the perfect word because it's hard. <laughs> I mean, it really, it doesn't, doesn't matter, you know, how much you love somebody. When you get home and you're exhausted, it's hard to, it's hard, yeah. it's hard to, to be everything. But with each challenge, you have a choice, right? And you have a choice to, yeah. Step up and come home and have that good attitude, even if you've exactly. had a bad day, you know, or make yeah. that extra effort. Agreed. So just Agreed. can you remember that you have that choice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Just put this podcast in on your, you know, yeah. in your earbuds Sit as you're walking in. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got this. Yeah, I know. Boyd and Shanks came. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just jump into that. You know, kind of what talking about as um as as the pulse of life beats faster you know let's go God, back what to are you a poet <laughs> like jeez well you know his undergrad what are you like what is english literature like? was that your undergrad is the pulse of life beats faster good i'm sorry everybody i mean <laughs> it just popped up in my head as I'm oh like, my I was like God. i was like well you know he's, he's his life did you know jim head. nance was gonna be on our episode <laughs> yeah. today well, hey, it is Masters Week next yeah, week, so I know, that's, yeah, great. Yeah. that's pretty fitting. Oh my God. I don't understand that golf reference, but uh, you know what? That's a shame. Anyway, that's a shame. Oh, we should talk about the Masters, too. I hope I didn't okay. like get you too far off no, track there. Uh, what is that? I oh, no, no, no. So, I couldn't let that go. Yeah, <laughs> the, pulse of, the pulse of life as the pulse quickens, whichever. <laughs> anyway, let's go back to... Andrew Boyd, after he graduated 2K, and you mentioned already kind of, you know, your, your sisters followed that path as well. What did you do after after 2K? And kind of how did you, you know, so you, you're working for the family family business now, but there's a lot of, there's a huge gap that, that people who don't know you are thinking, well, what happened from 2K to now? Well, I'd probably take it back to junior year at 2K. So I mentioned working on the wash rack at one of our rental stores in Middletown. So I did that the last two summers uh, in between semesters at UK. But in the fall or at the end of 2008, I'm sorry, that's actually a senior year, but started junior year working at, at Wayne on the wash rack. And that was all in the in the time of uh, actually my Bonnie was in the process of purchasing Wayne Supply from the Wayne family. And then that that transition or that deal closed on uh, December 31st, 2008. And then I graduated that, that following spring in 2009. So, so that was 13 years ago. Yeah, it'd be thir- almost 13 years ago. I guess 13 here in December when the purchase happened. So how many employees were there then? So back then Just there were about, so about 12, yeah, about 1,200. 1,200? Yeah. Okay. And what are you at now? So we're still about 1,200. Okay. We'll and that, that's it. Yeah. Well, that's a whole. Uh, well, yeah, that's a whole. Uh, we can talk about quality that. over quantity. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe not quite, quite say that. It's more of a function of the markets we serve. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 Let's. So, but we can. I can either. Anyway. You we'll, go we'll, yeah, we'll go back to that and we'll, yeah. we'll probably get in. We can get into that if you want, but. We can in this next question, but yeah. Probably better just say how many employees we have now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because right, I actually have some. It's awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I got this. Right? Yeah. So our family, my dad purchased the company from the Wayne family at the end of 2008. And then I graduated in 2000, the spring of 2009. Okay. And the plan was they had been working on the wash rack and the plan was for me to to come work with the, the family business. Uh, we had originally actually was going to go potentially work at Cat Finance mm-hmm. down in Nashville and get some experience on the Caterpillar side and then, then come back uh, back to the dealership side. Well, if anyone can remember back to what was going on in 2008 and 2009, there wasn't a whole lot going on in the job market after uh, you know the financial collapse in right. the fall of 08. Mm-hmm. So Caterpillar was on a hiring freeze. Wayne Supply was actually on a hiring freeze. But uh, on our ag side of the business, uh, there was a position that our two main manufacturers had essentially put up some dollars to fund a, a technology specialist for uh, technology on ag equipment. Huh. So there was an opportunity there to, to be able to fill that position and uh, come on into uh, the dealership full time in the, the summer of 2009. So I did that. I built up our ad technology business. And then about a year later, Caterpillar took their hiring freeze off. And I had an opportunity to go to Peoria and go through their marketing training class, which essentially is their Caterpillar 101 for incoming uh, future field reps. A little side note, my dad, that's actually how he started at Caterpillar. He was he went through their marketing training class, you know, oh, back, back in the, you know, the late 70s. That's how wow, he got wow. how he got his in with Caterpillar and then eventually became a, a rep calling on Wayne Supply in Louisville uh, for Caterpillar back in uh, the late 70s. So I had that same, similar opportunity to, so I moved to Peoria. It was a three month, essentially cat 101 injected with the, you know, cat yellow blood, learn all the different areas of the company. And then if you're going to be a, you know, a field rep, then whatever kind of type of rep you're going to be, you would go and spin rotations in the different areas that support that rep. Well, since I was coming from the dealer and was going to be going back to the dealer, uh, we got to kind of pick and, and chose different areas of the, of Caterpillar that, that were kind of specific to our dealership. So right. I got to spent about 15 to 18 months doing rotations after the three-month class. But while there, more importantly, I actually met my wife, Mariana. She works... Hello! (laughs) She worked at Caterpillar at their demonstration center where they have a lot of customer and dealer training. So she was an event coordinator there. As a part of the training class, we were out there a lot, you know, doing training or uh, Mm -hmm. different classes or uh, speakers out there. So I'd actually met her before I came to to Peoria, um, but it wasn't until we were at a trade show that I was at with the dealership in, in Vegas called Con Expo. I've been to Con uh, Expo. You've been to Con Expo? Right. Yeah. Yep. So we, uh, I, I was there and just happened to run across her and, and some other uh, gals from Caterpillar and they invited me to dinner and we sat next to each other and kind of had more of a, more of a, a formal conversation than what we had in the past, just kind of in passing. And, uh, you know, one thing leads another and here That's we are, awesome. you know, uh, was that, 10 years later now. Yeah. Is that how long? It was, it was 2000, it was about this time, 2011, oh, wow. March of 2011. My first sales job was for a heavy duty axle manufacturer. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we would go to Con Expo every year. Is that what you were doing before, uh, right after UPS, it's before? After, yeah, exactly. I wanted to get into sales. Right, right. And 
that was my first sales job was selling axles to concrete mixer manufacturers, fire truck manufacturers. Really? Uh, yeah. So by chance you ever meet a guy named Todd? What does Todd Rush do? Todd Rush. I know Todd. You know Todd? Uh, not from that, but yeah. Oh, really? Okay, because yeah. he's in the uh, heavy. He's in the space. Somewhere. Well, he works at AML now. So okay. he, yeah, he's on the general contractor side. But he had worked Sellersburg Stone selling aggregate. Okay, yeah. You're probably thinking, thinking of maybe, yeah. I might know Big. a different Todd Rush. Oh, really? That seems oh, another weird. I didn't even think about know. there being two Todd Rushes, but uh, we should get you on the. You probably think by the way, isn't there one out at Hirschborn? Yeah. Yeah. Is that a different one? I don't know him, but I think there is one. And I've, yeah, I know yeah. TR from, from I think then, one, so uh, I don't know him, but I, 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 do, I do know there was a name there because I, I thought it was a, maybe uh, the other Todd Rush at one point, and it's not. No, so. Okay, yeah, that's that's the one I know. He's He owns a countertop company. Oh, side note. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, when you were in uh, when you, you were in Peoria, you were still racing bikes, right? I, I was still doing – yeah, yeah <laughs> I was doing some bike racing. Yeah, so how, how did how did you – New city, new company, you know, you're learning. You're at the bottom of the totem pole. You're learning everything you can. How'd you train? How'd you factor in, you know, that personal hobby? So a connection, yeah, connection on the bike side. I was in, well, I have a lot of family from Peoria and we were back and I'd found, you know, just to search what, you know, local group rides and got connected with a couple of cyclists there in Peoria. And of course, uh, if you're in Peoria, you probably have some connection to Caterpillar. A couple of the, the folks I was riding with, you know, worked at Caterpillar. So when I came back up to to live in Peoria, I was able to connect with them and get into, you know, the cycling scene there and get connected to the folks folks there in, in Peoria. But as I kind of transitioned, I actually started doing a little more mountain biking with a couple of the folks that were in the, the training class with me. But as I come was getting into that the next cycling season, they had some indoor classes that I, I was doing and stumbled upon this, this book called uh, the time crunch cyclist, which sends you geared towards, you know, professionals that have a full-time job, but still okay. want to be a competitive cyclist. And so it was all about, you know, not spending a whole lot of time because you don't have a lot of time, but uh, really, you know, quality over quantity. So getting in really short, hard, intense workouts, mm-hmm. Um, but taking that and um, not being your training structure. So I started doing that to where, you know, it's only a couple times a week. It was when you ride, it was going to be a structured, hard workout. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of helped really form, I guess, what, what I still do today and in, in different variations to where, you know, try to stay consistent, you know, whether it's three or four days a week doing something on the bike or some variation. And for that, I can take that back to, being in Peoria is where I kind of started that. And that's really helped me balance as I've grown in my career and be able, yeah. to, be able to still keep that kind of hobby and passion to the side and, and keep up with it, but not, not let it dominate my life. Uh, right. As, as, right, right. as Beckman can relate there, we, there's some folks out there and some folks we're friends with that uh, mm-hmm. probably, probably let the cycling dominate oh. uh, a little, a little too much as, as you can with anything. Yeah. But. As you know, I'm a big golfer. So there are people in the golf world that, I, bet. I mean, they lose well, their jobs you, over it. It's, well, who, it's, who do you think the cyclists learned it from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. where it probably originated was golf. I mean, I'm not kidding you. I mean, I've seen people get fired over. Yeah, because they gotta, know, they, yeah. they're like addicted. Yeah. It's crazy. So, oh, Monty, don't worry. Don't fire me over the cycling. <laughs> yeah, I think I got yeah. it in check. <laughs> but he, yeah. I mean, he rides too, though, right? He He's always kept a balance for. Yeah, he's. He always makes makes time to 
Get on the treadmill, yeah. get on the indoor bike or do some riding. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you're going to make time for what's important to you. Right. I mean, if you want, right. if you want it, if it's that important to you, you're going to find a way to. Well, and I'm sure. You, uh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, sorry, cut you off there. But T- Tim Ferriss wrote that book, Four Hour Work. Yeah. Are you familiar yeah. with his stuff? Tools of Titans, another one. Yep, yep. But the common denominator behind almost every successful person is they get up early. There's some form of exercise in their life. There's some sort yeah. of daily routine and hard work. And, yep. it, you know, you can you can find all these other, you know, you know patterns of when they were born, like all the tech CEOs, like Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, they were all born between 56 and 1960, which Michael okay. Gladwell writes that book, Outliers. And he's like, you yeah. know, they, they, and all those individuals happen to be around a big computer that they could spend a ton of time That on. is actually, an, is that the, does he even talk about like what, if by months of the year, if there's certain oh, athletes yeah. where. Yeah. In hockey, in it Canada. based on the based on the cutoff date of which age group they're in, they end up. They end up there's excelling. they're more likely to become professional. Than, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it is. That is an interesting. Book. <laughs> it's fascinating, it, it man. Yeah. but you know, you take it to a more macro level, and still, like successful people work hard. They value exercise. They value family. They they've got a balance, and yep. you know, they have these similarities. And if you pick the most general successful people and look at their morning routines. Yeah. They're going to start between four and six. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, that, that's pretty much it. where but it's going to fall. You pretty much do that, man. I mean, when when, when he's... Not when you bail on me. Yeah, yeah. I bailed this morning, <laughs> man. <laughs> this week's been bad <laughs> for Andrew Beckman. Yeah. Uh, but... But yeah, I mean, and you, you've, you've, you, you know, you've been well, doing that now for. If he bails years. and you want to run, you can just we can hook up at some point. Uh, I don't, I don't think I can really run anymore. Yeah. Oh, whatever. <laughs> well, you, there's one program in particular that your company does that you, you've talked about to me before, and I'd like to, to talk about it, or you to talk about it is um, the Think Big program. So, could you tell us about that? Well, I can tell you about that, but maybe it might be better to talk about that about a little later on when you talk about what we can, what we do for Louisville. Yeah, yeah, it might yeah, be better yeah. to swing it in there. Okay, but right, so we're talking about Peoria. Oh yeah, we got totally sidetracked. Yeah, I did get sidetracked there. So we can check. Yeah. So, I, so after I got done with my rotation in at Caterpillar in Peoria, came back to Louisville, back to the dealership full you know full time, and went out as a sales rep over in Southern Indiana. So I was out calling on our customers for two years, selling and renting our equipment, which was. Just an awesome time. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of hard work because you are the front, you know, you're that that yep. front for the for the customers. So you got calls at all hours, no matter what, um, if they had issues or needed help. But to uh, to be able to call on our customers and, you know, live that life of um, being in that position, being a sales rep really allowed me to really understand what all our company does for our customers, mm-hmm. but also what, what our sales reps go through every day to be able to support our, our customers, which it was, it was a lot of hard work. I never thought I'd actually go out and be a sales rep because one, you know, I know they work really hard and it's usually a position where you're going to be in that position for a long time mm-hmm. where I knew just with my career, I was going to, you know, every couple of years probably be moving on to learn a different aspect of the business. So right. was it really fair or did it make sense to you know do that for a couple of years? Well, there was an opportunity. We had a sales rep leave to go actually to their family business. But it's definitely something I look back and very fortunate that I got to do that. And it was a lot of work. 
but I, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, being, it was a commission based sales territory. So they yeah. go from the highest to highs, the lowest to lows, winning a deal or, or losing a deal. Um, so it was, it was fun to be able to experience that and, and definitely valuable going forward for the rest of my career. Right. So after being a sales rep, I got to go into the rental side of the business. And I, I spent about five years working in rental, had a couple of different positions, but I'd say that's really where I, I think I started to leave a mark on the company mm-hmm. and uh, be able to accomplish a lot and be able to look back right now and say, yeah, there was, you know, came into that position and truly made it better than what it was mm-hmm. uh, when I started. And I think it's something years from now, I'll still be able to reflect back and think, hey, when I was in rental, we, you know, we did some pretty awesome things and we're you know, the rental business is where it's at today because of, of things I was able to be a part of and, awesome. and help implement. But we actually have doubled our rental business. So from, I think you take the 2016 to 2019, all while I was in that space, we, we doubled our rental business. So it was a pretty awesome to be a part of that. That's we implemented amazing. three years. We implemented, we changed the structure. Um, we, we, you know, we, just, I don't want to quite say overhaul because I mean, we had, we had a business. It just wasn't uh, to the level we needed it to be on in the rental space. So it was nice to be able to, to fix some things that we needed to, to get corrected and that we'd kind of gone wayward on and be able to implement a whole lot of new things. Right. Um, and we put in a new whole new uh, operating system just dedicated to rental. That was a really fun project to be a part of. Um, again, that was a, a lot of late nights and uh, long days getting that you know, that implemented, but that truly was a game changer for us to, you know, when it comes to rental, it's all about metrics. It's all about speed and you got to have a system that can track all that and automate as much as, as it can. So we probably eliminated half of the steps in the process and automated a lot of the steps uh, by getting that in place and doing it right. And then it was real, real positive for our employees. They, um, I think the way we implemented it and then involved our employees and trained and, and had them part of the project, even though it was a lot of extra effort, you know, they, they took, they took it and run with it. And, and it's, you can still look back today and see how that's, how that's changed that part of the business. Yeah. Um, and plus, of course, adding equipment, adding, adding people, adding reps, adding technicians, managers, and that space as we've grown has, has been really, really rewarding to see and knowing that, hey, you know, that was something I got to be a part of and, and help lead. Did you expand territory or did you just take up more of the market share? It's all market share. So that's kind of the interesting thing or a neat thing about Caterpillar dealers is we have a service territory, you know, so we, each dealer across the U.S., you know, has their service area. And, you know, we really kind of we we're bound and we play in our, our service territory. So we're, we can't really grow geographically. So we got to right. grow either by offering different products that we don't currently carry or find new customers or, or grow right. with the current customer base, mm-hmm. you know, with, with our different services and offerings. So it was really a, yeah, truly a market share. And we can look back and see the, we got some different stats that we, we track for market share. And, gotcha. Um, cool. Really saw a huge improvement. Yeah. Who would you say is your like wheelhouse customer? Like, you probably, I know you have a multitude of different industries, probably all in the construction type world, but like who's typically renting from you guys? Yeah. So rental, rental gets pretty fun because we kind of get, we get to get outside of that traditional construction customer. So of course everyone thinks Caterpillar, construction equipment, bulldozers, excavators, building right. roads, building highways, you know, just pushing dirt. Uh, we do a whole lot more than that. And especially in the rental space. So, you know, that traditional 
customer you think, you know, you see a Louisville paving, Flynn Brothers, mm-hmm. Hall Contracting, you know, th- those are our what we call traditional Caterpillar customers. You know, yep. they're heavy highway paving companies. Uh, they use a lot of the pieces of equipment that Caterpillar builds and and uh, that we service and support. That's interesting. I would think they would be large enough they would buy their own. They do. So they 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 own a lot of their own fleet, but then we uh-huh. also, we rent a lot of equipment to them okay. as well. So maybe they have a job where it's an extra job and they don't have their other fleets being used on another uh, job. So, you know, they want to rent some pieces to be able to get that job done. Yep. Maybe it's a larger job that they don't have that size fleet for. Okay. So they could yeah, rent that, that from sense. us. Um, so, and it may come down to if it's a shorter term job, it may just not make sense for them to send one of their own, you know, piece of equipment that they own. Yeah. So again, traditional customer where we service, you know, we sell them equipment, we rent them equipment and then sell parts and service for the fleet that they own. But also on the rental space, you know, can rent one of you all, um, you know, a skid steer to do a project yeah. in the backyard or maybe a man lift to help, you know, get on the roof. Yeah. Uh, or maybe, maybe even just a, a plate compactor if you're, you know, building a, a patio back and got oh, some yeah. rock you need yeah. to compact. Uh, all the way to, you know, manufacturing plants. So, so like the two Ford plants, we uh, we do a lot yeah. of business with the contractors out there that will do planned shutdowns, you know, at, usually at Christmas and 4th of July. So they, you know, shut the plants down for a week or two and then those contractors come in and so we'll we'll rent them equipment there. We got power generation. So we rent generators and air oh, compressors. Okay, yeah. So anywhere that, uh, you know, for big shutdowns, a little bit rent big air and big power to, to power those shutdowns or maybe a, a festival you go to, maybe there's a concert that's in the park oh, and they need power. power. So we will rent rent power to uh, to those type festive, you know, oh, festivals. Man, that'd um, be cool. Like sponsorship but, but, powered by cat, powered by yeah. like Forecastle, powered yeah. by Boyd Company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I guess if that ever comes back, maybe that's an opportunity. Yeah, but we we've rented like the Derby Festival, right? Oh, yeah. um, so they'll they'll have light towers along the yep. you know parade route, and they'll have yep. generators at the different festivities. So we play in that space. So we're talking about construction and power, but we also are in the transportation business, not necessarily on the rental side, mm-hmm. but we sell school buses. So anytime oh. you see Thomas built bus, oh, uh, yeah. that's one of the buses that we sold. So I think half the buses in Kentucky roughly are Thomas built buses. No way. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. There we're also, we're a Western star truck dealer. So anytime you see oh, yeah. a heavy duty dump truck or a, yeah. you know, a, tractor trailer and it's got the w on the front western star we yep. uh, we sell those in in louisville bowling green and pikeville my, they were one of my customers and uh when i was selling oh, axles so. yeah yeah we we like uh western star trucks they're yeah. they're heavy duty they're top notch yeah and then i'm also on the power generation side so the backup generators at hospitals oh um, yeah so, you know yeah. All, all the hospitals major major businesses you know electricity goes out you want your you want your data centers you want your hospitals to have power nonstop. Mm-hmm. so we we sell and service the generators and switch yeah. gears so if power goes out instantly your generator's up Gosh, and uh, you never lose power like that even look like it just looks like a big box i mean like how, how big's the box is it the, <laughs> yeah it's huge you'd, I mean, fit, we, you'd fit a couple here in this room right i'd say okay and again it's we you know we have generators down to the size that could you know you'd have here at this house yeah uh, for power backup all the way to powering but for a um, hospital yeah it'd be a pretty good size yeah Ooh, I don't know um twenty foot by ten foot roughly yeah. container that'd be yeah. a pretty that'd be a pretty good size one man that's great but like our our two megawatt generators that we rent 
Uh, that's in the back of essentially, you know, a, a big box trailer okay. is the size of it. So wow. You got to get you got to get a tractor trailer to take it on site. But two megawatts is that's quite a that's quite a bit of power. That's a beast. But that that's what you would want though for a large you know factory or or like a hospital uh, skyscraper office building. I've seen. They probably have a few more of those. Yeah, they'd have they'd have a little bit more than that. But but that's the type that's they need the type. those sizes multiples of them. Wow. Yeah. And, and all, all the all the tugboats running down the Ohio River, we, yep. we power those. Those have cat engines in them. Oh, okay, yeah. so we we do quite a bit um, boat work on servicing those engines, rebuilding the engines when they get their hours high enough. And then all those boats have generators too. Oh, really? I mean, they're they're mobile. They don't have electricity. You got to generate yeah. the power. So they have typically they'll have a couple generators and they'll have either one or two engines to power the propellers. Okay. So we, we'll, have, we'll have folks that'll they'll get on in Paducah, Kentucky, and they'll ride the boat all the way down the Ohio and, and be working on them. Yeah, um, and oh, then, we'll, then we'll text. Yeah, and the inland marine business that's a, kind of a focal point because you got the Ohio and the Mississippi okay. right there together, and so it's kind of a nice uh, area. It's in between some locks, so you have a lot. You have a lot of exchange where there'll be. You know, barges coming down the Ohio, they'll drop their barges, and then someone from the Mississippi or coming up from New Orleans might come and pick it up. And then take so it to Chicago? Or? Yeah, up towards Chicago, but most of it's going down to the port. Oh, going down to and New so Orleans. I don't have the exact number, but I believe it's 15 barges is the most you can have on the Ohio. But when you get to the Mississippi, it's wider and there's not as many locks, really? so you can you can have more. So what they'll usually do is they'll they'll have their biggest load and they'll come down the Ohio and then they'll they'll stack drop them, them and they'll stack them up and then they'll have one you know one big tug get them and and take them all on down the on down the Mississippi. So yeah. by barges, is that like the sections? Yeah, so I, okay. I believe it. I believe it's. I might be wrong on the fifteen, but. But I know there is there is it's different for the Ohio versus versus Mississippi. So okay. they could you know they might be three it use like three by five is, okay. is typically what a, a, yeah. I think a full load on the Ohio would be. Gotcha. And that and usually it's restricted because of the locks. You can only get right. a, yeah. such a big load through on the locks. Right. And then but once you once you get past Paducah, uh, there's only one lock you go past, and then it's I don't think there's any locks all the way down the rest yeah. of the river. I actually learned this on the Evan Williams. Uh, bourbon tour but uh do you know why louisville was even a city oh yeah, yeah because, because the falls of the ohio because of the falls because the boats would come up and they'd have to unload and then yep. reload on the other side that's exactly right yeah pretty crazy accident yep that's <laughs> that yep. or not really an accident i guess well, that's how most that's how most the major river towns were because yeah. there was some type of yeah, elevation obstacle. change or yeah. yeah yeah it's pretty cool well i think now is an appropriate time to talk about the think big program so i mean we're, we're kind of coming up near the end of um of our podcast here let me ask it in this way what so you know part of this podcast where it's hype what we're excited about you know going on in Louisville, and you know what i'd really like to hear is what does the Boyd Company do that really impacts, and um, and what do you think Louisville could do to help support the Boyd Company in this endeavor? So a couple of things I'll talk about, but I think the the biggest thing that that we do to support the city is, you know, we support all the customers that literally help the city grow and build. Whether it's a new highway, building a new school, you know, building a new hospital moving goods on, on trucks. So, so all, all those industries, you know, we support in some, some form or fashion, whether we're selling direct to, 
you know, that, that, that hospital for power generation, or we're working with a, a paving company or a contractor building a building, you know, we're supplying, whether it's renting equipment or selling them equipment, uh, keeping their machines up and running. So I think when you talk about just building out the country, building out our city, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, we, we take pride in that. And I think a lot of our employees take pride in, in being a part of that. And our customers are doing good things. We're, we're seeing, you know, seeing things happen. So when you, when you look back and say, well, what do I do for a living? Well, I help, help build Kentucky, help build Louisville literally right. uh, by supporting that customer base. So that's, that's something we've done for over a hundred and 110 years almost now. And that's something that we plan to do for another 110 years. Uh, you know, being, being here wherever there's a city, there's going to be a Caterpillar dealer. Man, that's right. crazy to think about. There's probably not a lot of buildings that have gone up without something that some you some some provide. piece of equipment that that we God, that we provide pretty, and and that's pretty and support. Cool. So even though maybe you don't hear a lot about our company, you probably you probably hear a lot about the the buildings and the projects and the customers we're involved with. So I, I think one thing as far as how we're going to continue to support Louisville, we're going to continue to to be a a top supplier of construction equipment and taking care of our customers, no matter if it's Jefferson County, you know, school system behind buses and right. keeping those buses safe and, and running on the road or working, you know, with Louisville paving, helping pave the, you know, the bridge or, you know, highway 64. Mm-hmm. So you know, we're, we're going to keep being a great place to work for and support those industries and those customers. You know, another way that we support communities by, hiring and employing people from the area mm-hmm. you know, we got a lot of obviously we have 369 employees based in our louisville area operations we have five locations in the louisville area uh, one over on cecil avenue one in middletown that's about ready to move to a new jefferson town building that uh, is actually in construction right now we have a location in jeffersonville indiana and then we have one down in elizabethtown and then we have our headquarters out uh, in J-Town off Lynn Station Road. Yep. So just, you know, locally, like I said, 369 employees in total. We're just shy of 1,200 employees total for our company uh, across our, our full territory. Yep. So, you know, we want to continue to invest, uh, whether it's building new buildings, upgrading our facilities, of course, hiring employees as we grow locally. Um, we want to continue to invest. And I think if you talk to a lot of our employees and you see just the things we've done in the past 10 to 15 years is you know, we are investing and in putting money back into our, our facilities and into our employees and continuing to grow the business. But one, one area that I think is probably the coolest things we do, and I wish we uh, more people knew about it, and it's just hard to, you know, finding people that want to go be technicians. But we have a program that we partner with caterpillar on called the think big program and that's this is a program that uh, is geared towards typically high school graduates or um, students graduating from high school that want to get into a vocational skill uh, specifically you know working on diesel equipment diesel engines so there's a, a community college illinois central college in peoria illinois has partnered with Caterpillar and the dealers, and they have a two-year associate's program where uh, after two years, you get an associate's degree in applied science, and essentially, you you know, you have a two-year degree working on uh, diesel engines, and you spend eight weeks on and eight weeks off going through this program to where you'll go through, you know, diesel engines 101, hydraulics 101, the AC, electric, you know, you do, you do all the basics, and then your second year, you go and you get, you know, that second level up. 
but you're also taking English class, you know, college English classes, okay. college math classes. Right. So you're, yeah. you're, you're building, you know, you're getting that yeah. true associate's degree, Very cool. but it's, it, it's eight to five every day. So it's not your typical wow. college schedule. It's like a full-time job and you're there eight weeks and then you come back to the dealership for eight weeks and you have a whole checklist of wow. things that you need to do. So there might be a, a, an engine repair. You know, I do have 10, 10 types of repair on an engine that you need to be a part of or learn how to do. You learned about it in class. You were, yes, you're on a, a diesel engine in the lab, but now go and do it on an actual machine and perform the repair yourself, perform it with one of our other techs. Right. So they, they have their, you know, essentially a big homework list that they take yeah. back for that eight weeks. So they do that for two years. And then when they come out, you know, they are, they are either ready to be a shop tech or number one shop tech making a, a very good wage. But we also, we so, offer scholarships. So when they come out, they don't know, they don't have any debt. Yeah. And depending on how well their school grades are, uh, then they get a, a, a tool credit depending on what their grades are. So they can come out, they have dollars they can spend to buy tools. Um, uh-huh. When they've been working the eight weeks on, eight weeks off back at our their location that they're sponsored by, they're getting paid you know, yep. for the time they're working for us. And then we have the scholarship funds to help fund them when they're at the when they're at class and then they come back, they essentially more or less have a, have a guaranteed job as long as they perform and yeah. you know, don't drop out or have really bad grades. So, but that, that's a way for I think us to give back to those students, the high school kids that college isn't for everybody. Yeah. yeah. And so if you, if you are mechanically inclined, if you like working with your hands, yeah, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity. We actually work a lot with Fairdale High School. They have a, a diesel program and they have an operator, a machine operators class. And we've worked with them for a long time, but that's a big place we recruit to, to bring kids onto that program. And then a Prosser Technical School, which is over in Southern Indiana, has been two of our main main recruiting outlets. But I mean, it's any, yeah. anyone can, uh, can apply. But, but those typically they have a, you know, a good funnel of students that are interested in a vocational right. type awesome. career. I mean, I see this in construction all the time, too, because I when I'm I do a lot of insurance in the construction industry. So there's like this stigma that a blue collar job won't pay very well. Mm-hmm. And you like you said, a very good wage. I mean, they're probably making six figures at some point pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, our, our topped out field techs, if you work. A fair amount of overtime, you can be pushing towards six figures, not too far out of college, right? So out of that program, yeah, right? early to mid twenties, making close know, to that, yeah, exactly. And with a lot of room to continue to grow and have other right. opportunities in the company, yeah, but we've had, we look back at our graduates. Some are, of course, still te- you know technicians. They're in field trucks, which is kind of the the top top line for our technicians you know your big accomplishment is to be a technician where you get to go out and be in a field truck so you're independent you're going out and you're you're going to the customer you know in one of our service vehicles to make those repairs so you know you're you're on your own you got you got to you got to know what you're doing you know but but there's uh you know that's the highest pay scale for our technicians is is being in that spot we've had graduates actually go back on to a four-year degree after uh-huh. they get their associates we have several of those ones are actual we've got service supervisors we have branch managers service managers that have all gone through this program yeah that uh, you know they went through think big and not only were they technicians and they, they found other opportunities and we got several graduates that are hard-working technicians doing doing great for us That's as awesome. technicians so, so how many are going through think big like on an annual basis so typically 
we'll have one to two students per per branch. Okay. And we, per we branch. Have, so that's yeah. That's great. We have nineteen locations. Wow. That's so we'll try to have one every kind of one in each class. Yeah. So you know we might have in flight right now twenty with ten graduating and you know ten right. more going into the fall semester. Yeah. But we actually have plans. We want to add that, and we want we want to more or less we need to double that just to keep up with the the job demand and right. And also, we talk about vocational skills. It's a it's a shrinking talent pool, whether it's a technician for diesel machines, or a plumber, electrical. You know those vocational type right. skills. It's a it's a shrinking workforce. You know. Like you said, there's some kind of stigma there. We're saying, well, I don't want to go be a you know blue collar worker. Yeah, well, it really is. Uh, yeah, well, right, because yeah, but... you, you come out, you got no debt, you <laughs> yeah, have yeah. a job where you know high paying jobs, and people want you, people right. need you, and so yep. I mean, they're and as you know, uh, supply and demand. There's not a whole lot of you know supply, so the demand's high, so the price is high. Right. So I mean, it, it's very competitive wages, and you see a lot of you know students graduating college with mounds of debt and no job opportunities. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you don't want to deal with that or have that as a, a challenge, you know, something you have to deal with and you like working with your hands, you're somewhat mechanically inclined. You like working outdoors and not being behind a desk all day. We, we can teach you if you, uh, if you have the uh, ability and desire to want to learn. Okay. Yep. So that's I think that's awesome. a, a good program that's that, really cool. not, you know, and again, we, we want to continue to promote, but unfortunately, just not enough people know about it. And I think there is more opportunity to, because there is there is a large portion of uh, <clears throat> our population that doesn't need to go to college or doesn't want to go to college or may yeah. not be a good fit for them. And definitely there's opportunity and right. and a need for those, those folks. Yeah. Yeah. I can't agree more. I mean, um, opportunities like that are not uh, emphasized yeah. as much as they need to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What's the, uh, and this doesn't have to be a part of this, there's that Kentucky Workforce Development, uh, you know what I'm talking about? There, it's mostly around the code programmers and... Uh, no, it's uh, like it's construction and manufacturing. Okay. So... Uh, well, I know, so there's there's a community, uh, Elizabethtown Community College, this, we partner with them, they have a diesel program. Okay. And they actually just got accredited by AED, which is Association of Equipment Distributors. So they're they've been accredited now as a you know diesel mechanics program. Okay. So we do this similar type thing with Think Big, where we'll let them co-op with us. So they'll go to class at ECTC, yep. and then come work for us, you know, half days or whatever their schedule may be. Yeah, I'm just looking up to see if I can find what the uh, there's a program here that basically puts people in these types of programs they go out and find the kids that actually want to the want to do that well that then, sounds like be a good maybe a good connection to to make there yeah let me do some digging on that i love it that's what yeah. i'm hyped about right there little, <laughs> little, little connection little connections yeah well, what do you uh what do you think's the future of a uh, boyd company and this might be an opportunity to educate us too on like uh, you know how how cat uh kind of runs its business so the boyd company is the the cat dealer but um, what does that mean? Like, what is it? Is, is does Cat prefer a family-owned lineage? Yeah, so Cat Caterpillar, you know, they're the manufacturer of cat equipment. They work through a dealer network, 
And so the dealer network is the ones that are on the front line, selling the equipment, servicing the equipment, selling parts, warehousing all the parts and the inventory to support those customers in their, their territory. You know, Cat from the early onset believed that dealers provided a, a great value because it was, you know, local folks that knew the local economy, knew the local customers and, yep. and could relate. And as they started, you know, back in the early, early 1900s and Caterpillar was, was really was the Holt and best companies, they had dealer networks already set up and Wayne supply at the time was, was a Holt dealer. And so when Holt and best formed and merged in 1925, uh, those dealers that were, were given the opportunity to, you know, stay on as Caterpillar dealers and, and Wayne supply did that. And so they were, you know, then a Caterpillar dealer and then all the distributors at the time in the U.S. were all privately held, you know, family owned businesses. And, you know, Caterpillar, and it's written in some of their some of their old books and things that they have documented is, you know, they, they wanted uh, someone who had an entrepreneurial spirit that knew the local, knew the local economy, knew the local businesses that was invested in the community. They felt that was the best way to grow the business and take care of the customers is hey it's that that person that you you know in your community is selling you a bulldozer and you know that they're good for their word and they're going to stand you know Mm -hmm. you know stand behind it right and so that that's evolved over time but in the u.s all all the u.s caterpillar dealers are family held privately owned businesses Uh, around the world as, as caterpillars grown you know some of the ones internationally are publicly traded companies are part of large conglomerates but you know that was a little bit of the strategy is how how could cat get into other markets where they didn't have some of that dealer network already but uh definitely i i think the the big example and, and what's really been successful here in, in North America is those family-owned businesses, you know, that are, that's their one true passion. Their one true thing that they do is right. just the cat business. And you know, if you look at the, the numbers, you know, Caterpillar is really most successful in, in North America when it comes to market share and growth and uh, that. And then of course they're successful across the, the globe, but I mean, if you really roll it back, I mean, even though, North America is not their only place to do business. It's still a, a very important part of their whole portfolio. And, you know, it's their, it's where they got started and it's their, you know, where they got their roots. Yeah. This so. Is their primary market share in North America? Uh, now I'd say, I mean, they have really high market, you know, they have high market share in North America, um, really in South America as well. And, you know, there's, of course, a lot of international competition as you get across Europe and over in Asia. There's a lot of just different competition and, and varies. So, but definitely North America is a, is definitely a stronghold for them, and you know, is a, definitely an area they don't want to lose focus on. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, as we kind of wrap up here, like, um, at, what do you think the future of Louisville looks like, and how does that play into, you know, the future of the Boy Company? And, you know what. How you think uh, the city can help grow and, and become stronger? What, what do you think Louisville needs to be doing now to get there? Another six-part question from Andrew Beckman. <laughs> Sorry. So I'm a, I, I got I got two things really. I think I would would probably want to talk about if I have enough time to unpack your loaded question there. But I'm going to piggyback on. I heard great Mayor Greg Fisher talk a couple years ago, and I really really resonated with one of the things he said about the city. And kind of part of his strategy, and I, I agree 100% with that, is we talked about making sure we support the five ma- major business clusters that we have in the Louisville area, which are manufacturing, 
food service. You know, we've got Papa John's, Texas Roadhouse, Yum Brands. On the manufacturing side, we got GE, we have Ford. Yep. Uh, we got a lot of other large players. Logistics, UPS World Hub, you know, Amazon, FedEx and Amazon, um, back office support. So that's probably one maybe I didn't quite know as much about, but there's a lot of businesses headquartered here in Louisville that are HR back office, yeah, like accounting Mercer, back office. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, of course, healthcare. So, you know, we've got all your major Humana, Kindred, you know list goes on of course, yeah. so those are the five major clusters as he call them so you know we got to make sure that we continue to support those areas those are large current you know strongholds for us that you know we need to make sure we're supporting how do we make sure that you know there's an opportunity for the ford plant to expand right. you know making sure that we have policies that are in place to encourage those you know larger companies to invest mm-hmm. more here in louisville because that's going to mean bringing more jobs in, which is mm-hmm. we need more houses. We need more schools. We need more roads. We need yeah. all that that comes as you grow the population, but right. do it, but do it wisely and, and not get too overrun, which uh, I think we do have a, a really good infrastructure set up already with, you know, Gene Snyder and with the Waterson expressway, we, we have those belt beltways yeah. and the city is really easy to get around. So I think we're, we're primed for that next layer of growth, you know, outside of the, the Gene Snyder. So yeah. I think, Continue to invest in those companies and similar type companies, you know, th- those are the type of companies we can attract in where you have, you know, a, a really good logistics. So what's that next company that can come in and, and play off the, you know, all the suppliers that are here because of Amazon and UPS and right. FedEx. You know, that's a, you know, it actually blows my mind that more companies haven't come to take advantage of UPS. Yeah. What do you think logistics? We have the rivers, we have the highways and we have the air transportation. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to get product somewhere, there's really not much better place. You can be at any Eastern, Eastern half of the U S you're a yeah. day or less away from Louisville. Yep. That's what I love. And not to get too far off topic, but I love our city because our seafood is the best inner city seafood in the country. Because of the because any fish caught on the coast in twenty four hours it's in Louisville within yeah. twenty four hours. Well, and then there's there's a lot of suppliers and other vendors. I mean, there's seafood suppliers that have a warehouse right down the road from UPS. Yep. And they ship out orders and then send them you know UPS next yeah. day air. Yeah. Yep. You know, so they catch them off the coast in South Carolina, fly them here to Louisville, and then they have them here for a couple of days, and they get an order, and yeah. you know, it's not coming from South Carolina; it's coming from yeah. Louisville. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they, you, when you say you can't get, no, you're not on the coast, you can't get fresh seafood. Well, yeah, Louisville, well, we can. You, Louisville, you can. It might be fresher than some of the stuff you're getting on the East Coast. You're exactly <laughs> right. So true. So I think those five clusters continuing to build on those. That's, you know, our economic engine, and we, we got to keep that engine running. But then to keep uh, expanding, is I think we got to continue to invest in entrepreneurs and, and yeah. finding that next, you know, who, what's that next cluster for us going to be? Well, I think yeah. it really, you know, we, we got a, maybe we've got a mini cluster starting in the technology space around, you know, whether it's, you know, companies like Aperis that are, you know, deep in that, in data, but there's a lot of entrepreneurs here in Louisville and we need to continue to make the city appealing for it's entrepreneurs so and startups yeah. to come in and, you know, they might be that, that next, you know, UPS, you know, right. UPS you got know. started, you know, it got started somehow, right? Not just, it wasn't all of a sudden a large company. Yeah. So I think that we continue to invest in that entrepreneurial spirit by having, you know, programs that help encourage or promote and the next entrepreneur. I know the University of Louisville, they have their entrepreneurial program. So, you know, 
students that come into that and then they want to you know we want them to stay in louisville and start their oh yeah their business but you know yeah. one thing i've noticed and maybe a little bit with kind of what's gone on with the covid pandemic is you know there's there's definitely people that are leaving the larger cities and they, they want to get out and have a little more room to grow get out of the hustle and bustle and you know there, there's been people i've run across that have just moved here to louisville and I said well what brought you here to louisville it was actually uh you know a, it was a our our waiter we went to repeal the other other oh, night perfect yeah he, he came from i think it was south carolina like wow so, you think south carolina you know the beach industry, right wasn't it well it was he knew there there was a good I think a food, he had a connect, restaurant. food he restaurant yeah and so he came, I was like well Louisville and he's like well you know it's just we liked uh, all the amenities we liked the cost of living it was kind of yeah. a neat food food scene here in Louisville and mm-hmm. but you know there's you're running across more stories like that where yeah. you're like oh really you're moving to Louisville destination city yeah start to see it pop up on you know those top ten places to move you know for to yeah. raise a family or to you know to be in a, not a large city. I think if we can continue to develop both of those things, um, I think that's definitely going to help set us up to um, be successful going forward all while. And you know, we got to continue to, to make sure that our, our kids are educated and yeah. supported. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, but I think that's just, just a given. We got to be doing that regardless. But I think from a, from a business and putting them, making sure our city's on the radar yeah. is continue to uh, invest in the, you know, those, five major clusters we have mm-hmm. and find that six cluster, which I think is going to be in that entrepreneurial data technology, you know, coding space. And yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's not I just Zappers. We have El Toro, uh, edge analytics and yeah. that cluster that they're putting down there. And Nick came to I'd even, I'd throw weather check in there. Weather check with yeah. Demetrius. Yeah. 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 That's fascinating. That's such a yeah. high paced industry. Yeah. But you, you hit on a couple of good things, boy. I mean, JCPS, you know, we, we're both. We're all three of us are public school educated. Yeah, yep. turned out just fine. And, more than uh, fine. Yeah, more than that's right. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with the yeah, public no, school. Not at all. And uh, and you know we I, you know I'd like to I I I think that's important too. You know we need the Louisville needs that presence back mm-hmm. and keeping talent here. I hear a lot of you know big companies your size and and larger having trouble keeping talent. And I think Louisville has a lot to offer. And it's you know. Um, yeah, so it's good to hear that that you and the Boyd Company, you're going to be here for the long haul. Absolutely. Yeah, that's comforting to hear, and uh, especially as we grow this city. So, you know, the last couple things I'd love to ask you, and Nathan, I'm going to beat you to it this time. What, what's your favorite restaurant here in Louisville? Louisville hot seat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I already I already kind of blew it there because I talked about repeal on our little side oh, story, right, but yeah. I'd say I'd say here recently, been to a, I always love a good steakhouse, and Louisville's got several several good choices, but I've I've barely been uh been there twice here in this year already, and I've been really impressed with repeal. Great steak, uh, some great sides, really good service, really cool. Ambiance, and, yeah, you know, it's, cool. it's an they old brick. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, and they got the whole yeah. bourbon scene. You yeah, know, that's a really cool. Um, kind of playing off uh, the bourbon scene and some of the distilleries. So I'm at the, I'm at the go with repeal, and that that really uh takes me to one last little I think fun little story. Talk about how can we you know? Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Making fun little connections, and you yeah. know, you never know who you're going to meet and what might happen. Entrepreneurial so, spirit. Yeah, yeah. 
So we did the valet. You know, it's right there on Main Street. Kind of hard to find parking. At you, repeal. Yeah, at repeal. I'm usually not a valet guy because I like you know just park my car. You know, don't yeah. don't to be doing valet. Well, it's like yeah, it's hard to find parking sometimes downtown. They oh, right in front. So yeah, absolutely. do do valet. You know, n- nice guy takes the car and go on in. Actually, have dinner with Andrew and Kelly. And uh, <laughs> after after dinner, you know, take valet card back up. There was a lady gave it to her. And we were waiting a couple minutes, just waiting on on the side. And then the the gentleman that had, had t- originally parked our car came by and he said, "You know, you've been helped." And I said, "Yeah." I said, "You know, gave it to the to the gal there." And he said, "Well, let me go check on it for you." So he he runs inside, gets the ticket, waves his keys, and he's like, "Is this it?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's it." Well, he takes off, runs across the street, runs across the other street into the parking garage. I'm like, "Man, this guy's got some hustles." Like, yeah. if he could run like that to go pick up a car, I was like, "What could he do working at Boyd Company?" <laughs> so I was like, "He'd be perfect for our parts warehouse, running around pulling oh, parts." Yeah. You know? <laughs> so he, he pulled back up, and of course, I had a business card in, in my car, and so I gave it to him. I said, "Hey," I said, "So I really liked your hustle." I said, "Man, you just took off across the street just to, to pick up my car." Yeah. And I said, I, "I'm." Introduce myself to my work for Boyd Company. We're a Caterpillar dealer. And we're always looking for for hardworking people. I said, if you if you want to talk about an opportunity, I said, give me a shout, and I'd love to talk and just tell you more about our company and see if there's an opportunity for you. Well, a week later, he emailed me. He said, hey, just you know, wanted to catch up with you. Wanted to you know, you said said to get a hold of you if I wanted to learn more about your company. So I had a conversation with him. He's actually a uh, he's a junior at Boyd's College. And so he was calling, he's a business major. And so we had a good conversation and uh, he's actually been going back to uh, Alabama for the summer, but we talked about maybe there's an opportunity in, in the fall for him to, instead of valeting cars, you know, we have a second and third shift options at our parts warehouse. So might be an opportunity to bring him on board. And once he graduates, you know, maybe a full-time yeah. opportunity. So he's good a guy from Alabama. Maybe we can get him to stay here in Louisville and not, not leave. So that's really cool. Yeah. I love those uh, those those moments. I think it's yeah. those tiny little opportunities that that lead the way for the next entrepreneur, for well, the next business idea, or whatever. It just goes to show, like you never know. In his standpoint, like you never know who you're. Yeah, absolutely. In, who you're in the presence of. He's just doing his own. That like that's just how he is all the time. Yeah, and he just, yeah. caught in the act, right? He just yeah, you just happen to <laughs> take notice, and, yeah. you know, for being a good. He could have easily said, oh, she's like you said somebody else was getting your car. He could have easily been like, oh, okay, she's got it. You know, no worries. Right. Yeah. right. And then he yeah. uh, took else. it, ran with literally ran with it. Yeah. 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 That's pretty cool. <laughs> that is cool. Very cool. Don't forget the last Louisville hot seat question. I did forget. <laughs> what is it? Best season in Louisville. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't just answer one. That's not fair. I know. Well, we at least get all four for the most part. Yeah, we do. All right. Well, all right. I'm going to go with fall, but it's it's a tough tie there with with spring. Because my birthday's in spring, Keeneland, Easter, all that yeah, good stuff yeah, going on in yeah. spring. So I love all that. But the fall, because usually we get a nice long fall. Yes. And so we you know, we can extend well into November. But nothing better than a nice October day going and shredding some mountain bikes over, you know, in Cherokee Park or down in Waverly. Chili football, you know. Yeah, the trails are dry. The sun's out. It's not too hot. Or going out to Keeneland, go see the horses race. Uh, Fall time is uh, usually pretty nice in, in the bluegrass. Can't beat it. 
not too much rain. I'm like, that's kind of the, that's kind of yeah, the downfall in the spring is you got a lot of dis- similarities, but usually get a lot more rain in the spring, yeah. you know, but that, that brings all those pretty flowers for Derby. So you know, yeah. it's, it's, we need it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, boy, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And uh, Nathan, you have anything to say? Yeah, no, just, yeah. Thank you so much for being here. I think this is a great convo um, for everybody listening. Please subscribe, please Leave a review, follow us on Instagram, keep it up, and we will see you next time.